Hello, thanks for checking out Covenant's podcast. Our prayer is that God uses this message to impact your life. Hey man, good morning, uh, Covenant Church. Man, I miss you. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have that sense of missing too. Uh, even as we're in this kind of season of exile, I was thinking about the uh, Psalm 137, which is basically a song where Israel is in exile and they say, how can we sing the Lord's songs in a foreign land? And basically they write a worship song about not being able to sing worship songs. And that's kind of the situation in a sense we're in. We sense the Lord's nearness and we sense each other's nearness and yet uh, we're not spatially near but we're experiencing what sometimes the scripture speaks of when like the apostle Paul writes a church and says I- I'm with you together in spirit I'll be with you in spirit and we're we're not spatially present but we're spiritually present uh, and yet we all long like I, I just long in, in many ways more than hearing a sermon and this may be the bad introduction to a sermon like I I want to hear how you're doing. Uh, I want to say, how in the world are each of us doing? And I imagine it's this whole spectrum. Uh, And it depends on what hour and what point of our processing. Um, Just just to tell you a little bit about us in our our family, I'm starting to experience weakening where before there was resolution. So, So I've been lobbied for years to get a puppy. And uh, so I'm, I'm starting to, maybe I should have a online poll, you know, should we, should we take the puppy plunge uh, and, and adopt a, a little creature into our house that will be completely oblivious to everything else that's going on. So, so that's kind of some of the stuff that I think maybe all of us are sorting through in different ways. Um, the, the, the rawest and the realest thing I heard from someone this week uh, that, that I would just pass on to you was someone who said, look, Uh, my world got thrown upside down in upheaval uh, several months ago. Uh, They had experienced a tragedy in their life that was just world altering. And they said like part of their experience now is that they feel like everybody else can understand them better (laughs) because everybody's world in different ways, whether it's canceled commencements or like all of my um, grown children are experiencing complete upheaval really in all of the things that they thought were next steps or paths or the way their profession worked out. So, So that's just part of the context we're in. And I wanna root and anchor us in what never changes, uh, and that's in this uh, over 400 and some years old uh, confession of faith, the Heidelberg Catechism, and just how it boils it down in the first question, which is the most basic question. And I invite you to say it, recite it with me, uh, because once we all gather together, I I want this to be one of the first things that uh, I lead us in, this question and this answer together. And so, believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, Um, What is your only comfort in life and in death and together that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. Um, He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Uh, Because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on 
to live for him. I just want to each week kind of speak to what helps us to be wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Christ uh, in this really unique season. And I want to turn our attention to a passage where I believe Christ, in just his exquisite wisdom and tenderness, uh, prepares his most intimate inner circle for what they are about to confront, even as he pursues a ministry that would lead him all the way to Calvary, all the way to the cross. Uh, And this text uh, is a precious one of Jesus basically unveiling uh, things that are always true about Jesus, but giving his intimate circle and experience of it to prepare them to extend that circle. That's what Jesus is always doing. I want us all to see that Jesus is taking each of us by the hand in love uh, and he is preparing us uh, for what it means to live for him, to live to the fullest in this situation. So we're gonna begin in in Luke um, chapter nine and it begins in in, in verse um, uh, 28. And it says about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see. And they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Uh, Peter and the others had fallen asleep, and when they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. Uh, And as Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, uh, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as a memorial, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Uh, But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. Then a voice from the clouds said, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at that time um, what they had seen. And what I want us to see, here we have a mountain, we have a glory cloud, we have a, an effulgence of like dazzling glory. Uh, we have Moses and Elijah summoned who represent the, the law and the prophets. Uh, and, and we have Jesus really unveiling himself to this inner three in a way that uh, they had not experienced in that physical sense before. And all of this, all this harkens back really to, to the experience of God's people at key transitions, experiencing the glory cloud from God and God's, God's felt presence. Uh, Moses had said to God after Mount Sinai, he said, Lord, show me your glory, Lord. And God said, no one can see my face. No one can be directly with me and live. And here we have the wonder of Jesus that, that Jesus isn't just someone pointing the way to God or experiencing the glory of God, but what happens in this text uh, sets Jesus apart from what Moses experienced on Sinai when he went up and and he basked in the reflected glory of God and came down and his face was aglow. There was a glory that came from God outside of Moses and lifted on him. Uh, That's not what happens here exactly. it, It makes us think of that and it's made to. But here we have Jesus and the glory really comes 
from within Jesus because it, he possesses that glory uh, and Jesus then shines with this unique glory. Uh, and in, in a sense, it's, it's telling us that, that our faith, if we are Christians, is different than every other religion, every other faith, because all the other religious leaders and founders uh, are in a sense trying to bridge the gap and mediate who God is. Uh, and Jesus doesn't say, I'm pointing the way to God. He says, I'm the, I'm the God to whom everyone points to. But he's also saying, I am the, I am the bridge between the gap. The, the disciples didn't need a sacrifice to experience the glory of God here. They didn't need a tabernacle. Uh, they didn't need this preparation because Jesus was the sacrifice. He was the, the go-between. He was the one who was removing everything that blocks our intimacy with God. And, and in this time, like all, all other times, and for what they were being prepared for to live in, the, the transfiguration of Jesus basically tells us that, that we can have direct unfettered access to God by going directly to Jesus. No mediators needed. <laughs> I think that's one thing in, in this whole season that is becoming more real. And um, I, I think uh, a lot of us on the, on the Protestant side of things kind of chuckled uh, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm an admirer of the Pope, but I just love how uh, he came out this week and said, hey, look, if, if you need to go to confession to confess a sin or, or, or a grief, I just want to encourage you to go directly to God. <laughs> And uh, there was this, this meme that had, had the Pope's quote saying this and then like, like Martin Luther saying, he nailed it. <laughs> He's going, we're going directly to God. And I just want to say, I think this season is a season in which all of us uh, are, are being encouraged to go directly to God, to, to pursue God, to seek his face, to, to pray more directly, to be on our knees and to experience just the great willingness of Jesus to, to be what we need in this hour. And, and the transfiguration of Jesus, again, is, is such a tender, beautiful look at Jesus taking these inner three uh, and to experience his presence because Jesus is always about increasing the circle of those who have firsthand direct knowledge of him. These inner three were meant to take it to the 12, the 70, the 120, and ultimately the world. And they were not then saying, hey, you rely on us like some kind of spiritual Ponzi scheme where everybody's in a pyramid. But they were all saying, no, you go directly to God um, without a go-between because Jesus is God and he's the go-between. He's God and the bridge to God. He's God and the priest and the sacrifice and the tabernacle and the temple, and he's everything that we need. We can approach him absolutely directly. And I think that's part of the beauty of this hour. I would say it's, it's not only true for us as we avail ourselves of Jesus personally, and we find him tempering and changing and helping us process this, this unique and, and this time that we've never lived through before. Uh, but we also find him, he is calling us then to call others in to, to break open that circle and invite others into it. Uh, this is a time where, where we all, in a sense, are, are under shepherds of Jesus. We're all uh, little priests underneath him, simply pointing the way back to him. And I think that's one of the, the beauties that bring us back to the way the church expanded in the New Testament in the book of Acts. It was not through, through centralization, but it was through a massive kind of spontaneous deployment uh, and, and so Jesus brings Peter, James, and John into that inner circle and, and we see the, the privilege, what we need is direct, firsthand 
experience and knowledge that everything we're experiencing and every possible future is a future that has Jesus in his transcendent glory on the throne. I, I said last week, anxiety is, is the belief that there is a future without Jesus in it. The solution to that is to know he is, he is on the throne. Our faith is built for this. And he is transfigured. And really the miracle in some ways of, the, of Jesus showing his glory is that that glory was withheld. The, the miracle is almost that Jesus was, was veiling his glory during all the other aspects of his life, except for this one. And this one says, this is reality. This is the reality um, that stabilizes and steadies us in the midst of all the uncertainties. This is the reality that resources and furnishes us. And so... I just think in, in this text we see in tenderness, Jesus is preparing Peter, James, and John for what they were going to experience. And they were not gonna, they were not gonna triumphantly go through it, but they were gonna go through it when they, when they reflected back on this. They could see all that happened, Jesus was in control of. Um, he was there. But the, the second thing, I really just have two points this morning. The second thing I want, want us to see is that how much like us Jesus is. The first point is really like how unlike us he is, but then how, much, how like us he is because part of this wasn't just for Peter, James, and John. Part of this was for Jesus in his humanity, that God was sending Jesus two messengers to fortify him. And, and those messengers were chosen, I think, with great specific care, um, Moses and Elijah. Uh, then they came and the text says that they were talking to Jesus about his exodus. Well, that term's carefully chosen because Moses and Elijah both experienced very unique exoduses. Uh, Moses had led God's people, but, but God was showing the people and Moses that he was not fit to be the mediator to lead them all the way to the promised land. And, and so he had a very unusual death. I'm not gonna go into all the aspects of that, but on the mountain, he saw the, the people and God met him and, and he had that transition. Elijah... <laughs> The prophet had a very unique transition with the, the, the fiery chariots where we get the song, swing low, sweet chariot, coming forward to carry me home and, and, and was taken away. But they were talking to Jesus about the other side for, for Jesus' benefit, to strengthen him, just like Jesus in his human nature in Gethsemane was strengthened by the angels, just like Jesus in his human nature was strengthened even by uh, his flawed and sometimes faithless friends, uh, we see how much he needed others in his experience and God was giving him uh, the best he could send in terms of uh, human image bearers to walk with Jesus and say, this is what the other side, this is what experience it means to get through this. And I believe the whole essence of that is, is again, in, in our tenderness, in our humanity, God is always shaping us because while there are things we're going to go through that perplex us and make us suffer, God's question is always, will the tribulation, will the suffering that you and I experience, is it gonna make us wiser, deeper, stronger, sweeter, or will it make us bitter, hard, and joyless? Is the season we're in, and, and, and again, I think part of what God is doing here for Jesus and Peter, James, and John is helping them embrace the season that they're in. I, I was taking a jog this week and I just felt like one thing God was saying to me was embrace the season you're in. In a sense, Bob, be glad that, that in the season that I've called you to live in, I, I appoint that season for each person, each 
and thinking as my responsibility as just an image bearer, a follower of Christ, a father, a husband, a pastor, that in this season, I'm blessed to embrace it as the season God has called me to, a season of great import. And the question is, is it gonna make me more like Christ? And the only way I can be like Christ is to pursue being with Christ. If I focus on being like Christ, it's kind of a dead end. My gears of self-effort will grind down and overheat. But if I say, no, Jesus, I'm gonna focus the most on living this season with you. And if you pursue being with Christ, it will make you more like Christ. And, and, and in this, Jesus is showing me, he says, there's a way to get through this. That at the other side, will make you more like me. And, and what is the key? What is the key to being more like Christ? I think it's, it's in this text. It's what happened to them, it's worship. It's opening our heart to the presence of God. Uh, it's, it's opening our heart to what Jesus has done for us. And, and it's the ability to know, and it's the sense of on our heart of the reality of what Jesus Christ has done and that we seek to keep it there. Um, and that enables us to move through this time and to, to know what it means to live wholeheartedly ready and willing to live for Jesus. I've been reading just especially whatever I could get from pastors who've gone through this kind of season. Some of them in uh, snippets from the ancient church. There's not a lot that I found there. Uh, but one I've, I've read is in uh, 1918 in Washington, D.C., uh, there is a, a Presbyterian pastor who is very faithful. His name was Francis Grimke. He's a big favorite of Doug Logan, um, our friend uh, who plants churches in hard places. And when the epidemic came, um, churches were shut down for a season. And Francis Grimke confesses in his writing, he says, when that first happened, he was a bit anxious on what it was going to mean for the church to go through an extended time where they were not able to meet together. And he said, then um, God released him from that concern and gave him just an, an impartation of faith to know that Christ was in control and that God was gonna use this to cause believers to be strengthened as they focused and drew near uh, to Christ in him. As we follow Christ in this way, all of us who know him, as we, as we act as the under shepherds of Jesus as we decentralize ministry and push it out so that each of us seeks to reach one, each of us seeks to fulfill the ministry of the church in that way. I believe as we do that, uh, what we're going to see is an opportunity to spread what is always relevant that right now is being felt as more relevant than ever. We need a word uh, that there is a glorious one seated on the throne. Every deficit that we're experiencing in this is a Jesus-shaped deficit. <laughs> It, everything that we're saying in this season is really not something new. We have always said, you need other people to walk with you. <laughs> you, you, in your life, you and I need an experience of worship and the transcendent vertically. We've always been saying those things, right? <laughs> if you've been around uh, church at all, every, every church really that has been calibrated on those things, we need a unique like vertical fixation on who God is. And that's something that, that we can have uniquely provided for us in worship. And we need networks of friends. We've always been saying that, that has never been felt more than right now. And that's our opportunity as a church. That's our opportunity as Christ followers to be 
wholeheartedly willing and ready to live for Christ in this season, worshiping the one who is always full of transcendent, um, transfigured glory, uh, and worshiping the one who knows what it means that we need each other's to companion us along the way. If you're not yet a Christ follower, I just would say this, there's no better time to root your life in who Jesus is, to pursue him directly and personally and to render up your life to him and then to join those that God has brought together to live impactful lives in this season. Uh, I invite you now, I wanna close this out in prayer. I know that some of you, uh, it's time for the third pancake or it's time to uh, let the dog out or to tend to things in your home. But I wanna just encourage you to let this conversation continue uh, informally in your home, uh, among those that you reach out to. Um, take this and just say, what does it mean to have this transcendent experience of who Jesus is, to pursue him and know he's on the throne? What difference does that mean? How can I access that? And then also, how can I be companioned by others and how can I be a companion to others in this season where it's not possible in all the spatial ways? but is very, very relevant and powerful and, and available in all the spiritual ways. Um, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for each one who is tuning in this morning. And I pray that you would truly make each of us who know you live this season with a wholeheartedness. Lord, in the midst of all of our inner turmoil and inner conflict and questions, I pray that one thing would be settled and settled clearly that we would be all in that we would be wholeheartedly ready and willing to live completely for Jesus Christ, our only comfort. And I pray, Lord, for those who are still sorting out what it means to be all in for Jesus, what it means to allow him to break into our lives. I pray that you would do that. And this season would be a season of such great harvest that when we are enabled to worship together again, Lord, we will find mysteriously and to our delight that we need to add services, we need to add rows of chairs because you have made this a season uh, of drawing us into your very presence. Uh, Lord, we look forward to the season of separation to end, but we want to learn everything you want us to learn in it before it ends. And so we pray, especially for us, your people, that we would learn and then live and love and be shaped by it in a way that brings you honor and delight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss any new content. 